good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded NFL Sunday ticket this season. If you live in an area where DirecTV service is not available, you can now get NFL Sunday ticket without a satellite. To see if you are eligible, go online to NFLSundayTicket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout, R-I-N-G-E-R, to save 15%. Exclusive student discounts are also available. Part of a 600-year Polish vodka-making tradition, Belvedere Vodka is all-natural and made with 100% non-GMO Polska rye and pristine water. Belvedere has championed Polska rye vodka and superior natural ingredients since its inception and continues their mission with its new Belvedere Single Estate Rye Series. These award-winning vodkas, Smogary Forest and Lake Bartizek, are two distinct tasting vodkas born from unique terroir and expert craftsmanship. Like the craftsmanship of Bill Belichick building the perfect NFL team or you building the perfect fantasy team. Taste the difference and enjoy Belvedere's new single-estate rye vodkas on the rocks or in a delicious cocktail today. Belvedere is a quality choice. Drinking responsibly is too. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by the one, the only, the hero we need, the fantasy analyst we deserve, the Dark Knight, Danny Kelly. DK, <laughs> what is on your mind? Uh, my neighbor has a parrot, and it's yapping up a storm out there, so I'm hoping that you guys can't hear my neighbor's parrot during this podcast, but other than that, uh, not, not a whole lot, man. How are you doing? What kind of parrot? Like a macaw? I think it is a cockatoo, <laughs> is what I was told. And apparently they live to be about 80 years old, so... Wait, really? Um, kind of stuck with this thing for a while, probably. Yeah. The bird can just serve in for Craig, because Craig is out this week. He's uh, trying out a receiver for the Oakland Raiders, so we we wish him luck. And <laughs> speaking of luck, we're going to be running through the risers and fallers since our last few episodes. Uh, we've done yeah. an episode on quarterbacks, on running backs, on receivers, on tight ends, but since then, there have been some changes. Some people got hurt. Some people things happen. Yeah. Some people don't want to play football because they want to use their old helmet. It, a lot's been going on. So <laughs> we're going to bundle all those changes and put them together with some people who are rising and some people who are falling. So we're going to start with the obvious one. And, well, not yeah. the obvious one. Let's be real. It, 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 and Tony Brown's the obvious guy, but we're going to put him off for a little bit. <laughs> we're going to start off with Andrew Luck. We're, we're going through this again. This is it, really happening again. It's deja vu all over again. Yeah. Shouts Yogi Berra. But Luck has not practiced in nearly three weeks with another, not such a mysterious injury like that shoulder injury that kept him out all of 2017. But it's kind of mysterious. Though. It's pretty mysterious. So here's the deal. <laughs> so there's he's yeah. been out for three weeks. There's no timetable for his return. He missed OTAs with a calf strain in May. And then they said he'd be healthy in June. Missed the OTAs in June. Even Luck was surprised that he wasn't healed yet. But he reported for training camp, played in played in practices in July, but aggravated it, has not played in August. Mm, mm. There is still no timetable for his return, which is really concerning for August 19th, which is when we're recording. And yeah. the real issue is Jim Irsay and Colts GM Chris Ballard came out on Monday. But I mean, Jim Irsay had the real quote, which was like, it's this little bone thing. 
<laughs> it was like, that doesn't <laughs> so, sound like a calf muscle. Uh, so oh boy. we don't know the deal here. It doesn't sound like the Kevin Durant comparisons are worthy at all. It doesn't sound like the Achilles is the thing, but it does sound like there is a bone issue. I'm not a scientist, so I don't know the deal, but I do know that no timetables are concerned. So DK, yeah. this must move luck down for you, but how much and how much does it affect the rest of the Colts offense from T.Y. Hilton, Eric Ebron, Marlon Mack, all those guys? So... Yeah, it definitely does move luck down for me. Like if you're drafting, if you're going into a draft, um, I mean, his ADP right now, he's the QB five and overall 71. So, I mean, are you going to take him that early? Like that is a huge, huge risk. I, I already subscribed sort of to the late round quarterback uh, philosophy anyway. To me, this just makes luck undraftable, uh, honestly, like in one quarterback league at least. You could uh, galaxy brain this and say that quarterback is so deep that you would be willing to take luck at a discount because you could get like Lamar Jackson as a backup anyway, or even Jared Goff maybe. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, this is terrible because I loved luck as MVP. I loved luck for all the awards this year, but now this is just terrifying. And obviously it depends when you draft. I think that will be a theme for a lot of these going forward. But man, I don't want a quarterback with no timetable to return. So that's tough. Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, came out and said, that anything front and back and forth, he's good, but standing there throwing and standing there throwing, he's good, but it's moving around <laughs> the pocket. Those are the kind of things that we've got to get him better at. Like, like the very important thing of moving around in the pocket. So if you, yeah, it's just, it's really concerning. Honestly. If you watch, so there's a, sometimes it's really illuminating to watch the videos that reporters tweet on Twitter instead of reading the quotes, because you can really get more sometimes out of watching the player speak. Right. Luck had a pretty good, explanation for this a, cu a couple weeks ago at this point where he said look if I come back and I'm playing in pain I can play but I'll be average I have no interest in being average I won't be Andrew Luck and I want to be Andrew Luck when I'm on the field oh boy and part yeah. of what makes Luck Luck is scrambling around the pocket extending plays like that's what he does so if he's not Luck then don't draft Andrew Luck if you're still yeah. paying for name brand if the man himself doesn't think he'll be that so the the question though, like T.Y. Hilton though, does this does this hurt his value in your mind, or is he still a top end target? Yeah, no, hundred percent, it hurts his value in my mind. I mean, his quarterback might be hurt, and like I think Jacoby Brissett's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. It's not he's a, a good he's a good deep ball thrower, so that's good in terms of what he can do. Doesn't matter, Hilton, I but yeah, have no just, interest in investing in a receiver who very easily could have a backup quarterback week one. So that's just no. So, does it up Marlon Mack's potential though? No, because I think it downgrades the offense. I don't think it it, yeah. it ups him personally. Um, I think it That's definitely fair. downgrades Hilton and Ebron. So, yeah, we got it's something to really monitor going forward. I mean, that's yeah, that's potentially a massive, massive NFL wide storyline. So, well, pretty crazy. That's going to keep the theme. So, speaking of NFL wide storylines, couple holdout situations. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott. When we talked about this a couple weeks ago, at this point for the running back pod, we just dismissed the idea that Zeke would miss any time. Or at least I did. Um, he's still holding out. His ADP is his average draft position has slightly fallen from like 1.2 <laughs> to like 1.4. But again, right. we're so fantasy drafts are really going to begin over the next two or three weekends. Tony Pollard, who Jerry Jones has just been very excited to talk up Tony Pollard. And there's been all these comparisons between like Emmett Smith's holdout <laughs> like 20 years ago. And they're talking yeah. up this uh, running back from Memphis. He had all 13 first team snaps. And running back is sort of putting it loosely because he was actually sort of a slot receiver for them. He, I think he played in the slot as a receiver more than as running back. So Pollard is a very, very interesting piece of leverage. He did look really, really good, though, in, in 
He, I think he played 13 first team snaps with Dak last weekend. Um, and he looked really good. So yeah, it just kind of depends on whether you believe, uh, the hype. And if you believe that they're using this, if it's, if it's more than just leverage, I guess. I think it's all leverage. I don't think Elliot misses any games. I I think that the Le'Veon Bell thing is fresh in everyone's minds and it's now easy to forget how that was completely unprecedented. Different situation. Different situation. Really small but important details that Le'Veon Bell was not under contract. He did not, he was franchise tagged and then the way that works is the player has to sign the tag and then they play. Right. He did not sign and then he never signed so he wasn't under contract, couldn't be fined and then pranced his way to free agency. Elliot is under contract, can be fined, and then is years away from doing that, even if he wanted to, which would burn the bridge with the Cowboys. And It's such a different situation, but I think for negotiating purposes, it definitely works in their favor to put the perception out there that he would have missed games. I think Jerry Jones is calling all this. I I think that he's going to play. I think you definitely want to draft Tony Pollard if you draft Zeke, 100,000%. There's no reason not to. He's still, I mean, Pollard is barely drafted at this point. So you can get him at the end of your draft. Yeah. But he's not James Conner. And I don't think this is a James Conner, Le'Veon Bell situation. So your guess is that he's going to not miss any games? Is I that- dropped Elliott from, I think he's now fourth in that four-person tier. Right. Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, and whatever order you want to put them. And then Zeke is fourth. He's right. not left that tier, but the fact that we have to have this conversation alone puts him fourth. But I'm not worried enough about him. Some people had him as the overall number one in, in certain scenarios, you know? So If he had showed up to training camp, he'd be that for me. Yeah, in standard leagues anyway. So I'm, I'm not worried about him at all. Now, the one person who I'm still not worried about, but I think there's a better chance that they would hold out, is Melvin Gordon on the right. Chargers. He's also not shown up yet. I think he has a better chance than Elliott to hold out, but it's still low. For as simple as... Ezekiel Elliott wants to stay on his team. Right. Melvin Gordon just wants a deal because Melvin Gordon, unlike Zeke, has an injury history and needs to get paid because if he gets injured, he's really at risk of not maximizing his earnings. Right. So Gordon has a little more to lose here, but per fantasy pros consensus ADP, his average draft position has dropped into the late second or early third round. This is kind of surprising to me, actually, how far he's dropped. I mean, Zeke has dropped two spots total. And Gordon has dropped from, I think, like like a late first rounder into the, again, into the early third, late second, early third in some in some places. People really are kind of worried about this. And so um, depending on how you look at it, he could be a great value or he could be a huge, huge risk. So there's a lot of reasons to not love Gordon this year, but he is dropping into value for me because, again, another key difference between Elliot and Gordon is that, again, Tony Pollard within, on the Cowboys is not proven. Austin Eckler is a pretty decent backup running back. Yeah, Justin really Jackson's explosive. pretty good third running back. Eckler right now is going 77th overall. He's like 32 among running backs. But the thing was, Gordon was kind of overvalued when he was going 10th or 12th where he was. Um, he was already expected to regress a lot in touchdowns. He had 14 last year in like 12 games. Based on the volume yeah. he had with carries and touches, he was supposed to have around seven based on numbers. And then... His offensive line is getting worse because Russell Okung is out. He had a pulmonary embolism. No signs yet of when he might return. So now replacing him at left tackle is Trent Scott. They have Sam Tevy at right tackle, maybe the worst right tackle in the league. So they have maybe the worst tackle combo in football. And they already had one of the one of the worst guard combos with Dan Feeney and Michael Schofield at left and right guard. Surrounding Mike Pouncey at center. So you have a bad line situation. And yeah. then another person we'll get to in a moment is Keenan Allen, who 
is going to miss at least the preseason with an ankle injury. So the Chargers are kind of dropping like flies, unfortunately. And that's not to say anything of Derwin James. But I yeah. mean, do you? Th- at what point do you think Gordon becomes a value? That is the question. I, I do think in the early 30 is a good value, honestly. And I and to what you said, like, yes, I think he is a very strong regression candidate. And, and you, what you said, he scored five. I think he scored seven and a half touchdowns over expected. And that is a result of he was extremely, extremely uh, productive and consistent in the red zone. I think I actually saw this stat when I was writing. I wrote an article last week about the stickiest stats and expected touchdowns was one of them. And he had, I think he scored, I'm just on the top of my head, like 12 out of 15 carries inside the 10 yard line, which is absolutely unsustainable. That's not going to happen again. Um, so he could drop, like you said, he could drop by seven touchdowns or whatever back, back towards where he's expected to get based on his usage. And then if you add in, um, the fact that he might miss a couple games at the beginning of the season, ultimately, I think he's going to play most of the season. He may miss a game or two early on, but. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you're getting him in the third round, I, I do think that's a pretty good value. All right, I'm going to make you play a quick name game real quick with Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon or Dalvin Cook? Melvin Gordon. I don't, I don't trust Dalvin Cook either. <laughs> Injury-wise, it, it makes me nervous. So, but yeah. Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley? <laughs> Gurley? I don't even know on that one. These are, these are such difficult decisions, man. Like, these, like... How do you predict exactly what Gurley's going to do? Is he going to fade at the end of the year? I think I would lean Gurley um, just because even, you know, 60, 65% of what he did last year is still like insane production. So I think I would lean Gurley in that situation. But again, these are really, really tough decisions. I think, you know, what Gordon was a top 10 guy early in the summer and now there's a ton of uncertainty and that's exactly kind of what we're seeing. And while we're on the Chargers, do you drop Keenan Allen because of this ankle injury? Right now, Keenan Allen is another guy in the 20s. He's the 10th wide receiver, number 24 overall in fantasy drafts or mock drafts right now. So Adam Schefter said the ankle injury is, quote, not considered serious. He's expected back for the regular season opener. But he's gonna now, he's at the very least, he has to manage an ankle injury all year. And he was an injury-prone guy who had that label but then kind of beat it the last couple of years. Now he's got another injury to manage. Does this change how you feel about him or Mike Williams or Hunter Henry behind him? Yeah, I think I, I think I would drop Allen in my mind. I mean, think about the guys that are around him in ADP. Adam Thielen is the receiver wide receiver 11. You got T.Y. Hilton as wide receiver 12. I think I would probably take those two guys over Keenan Allen at this point. Amari Cooper is wide receiver 13. Stephon Diggs, 14. So... And this is in standard scoring. And I, I don't know. I just think the uncertainty, again, the injury thing is very, very concerning. Obviously, he's played a couple. He, he's, he's been reliable in the last couple of seasons, but he's got a lot of injury history in his past. Um, yeah, so that that is definitely a concern. I think it that the Allen injury exposes that there's this soft middle receiver class after Mike Evans and goes off the board where you have T.Y. Hilton, who's Andrew Luck is hurt. And then you have Keenan Allen, who himself is hurt. Then you have Thielen and Diggs, who I personally am worried about whether Kirk Cousins is going to be able to make both of them where they're going. I think one of them will stay and one of them will fall. And I don't know which yeah. it is. So I'm, I don't want either. And then Amari Cooper's solid. And then there's like a bunch of upside receivers from Brandon Cooks and Chris Godwin. And I kind of want to wait to get to that next class of guys. But I think I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Sticking. I don't feel great about any of that. Yeah. Getting away from the Chargers, but sticking with Gordon. Josh Gordon is back, DK. 
Yes, right after uh, we talked about him in the last podcast, he he got reinstated. I think like fifteen minutes after we that published is, the podcast. That so, is yeah. why full time Craig is full time. Yeah, because full time Craig that. plugged Josh Gordon when he was completely undrafted. Uh, Gordon was reinstated by the NFL last week. He was traded to the Patriots last year for like a fifth and a seventh rounder. And then from week three to week 15, Gordon was the 24th best wide receiver in fantasy for the games he was playing. Right behind Kenny Galladay and Adam Humphreys, but ahead of Mike Williams, Larry Fitzgerald, and Emmanuel Sanders. Got his Super mm. Bowl ring. Invited to the ring ceremony. Nice. So now, I mean, that look, where he's being drafted now is completely irrelevant because he's about to be drafted in like the 70s or so. So. Right. <laughs> where do you, and again, just a little quick re-up. In 2013, he had 1,646 receiving yards and nine touchdowns when he was getting passes from Jason Campbell, Brandon Whedon, and Brian Hoyer. And only play, he's the only player in NFL history with back-to-back 200-yard seasons. Was basically Randy Moss for one year. So with a fantasy lens, obviously he, the risk of him being resuspended is huge. But from a fantasy lens, how do you feel about him being back? I mean, I think it's, I think it's, well, number one, I think it's awesome. I think, and yeah, it's, it's a big, big deal. He could be the top guy in that, in that offense now. I mean, obviously Edelman's there and, and he's going to play a big part of it, but um, I think he has, yeah, he's got elite potential. He's still that guy. He's still, you know, based on all reports, he's still working out really hard. He's still going to be that athletic, you know, freak down the field and can stretch a defense and all that. Um, he showed early on in, in, the Patriots offense that he could kind of go into it and, and play and, and figure out how to do a lot of, t- a lot of people have trouble going into that offense because the receipt, uh, especially for receivers um, in that offense, it's a lot of like option routes and side adjustments, which means if you, when you line up, you're looking at the defense and you're supposed to decide exactly what they're playing. Like based on the coverage, you have a, adjust your route. And you have to do it sort of on the fly. And it's not like Brady's yelling at you what it is. You guys have to be on the same page with Brady. And that's why it's been so hard for so many receivers to go into that offense and kind of figure it out right away. And he did that. And now he's had, you know, another whole offseason to, in theory, study that offense and get on the same, you know, get get it really, really ingrained and figure it out. And so um, I think there's tons of potential there. He's, he's a really, really talented player. Um, and so uh, it's exciting. I think if you stashed him already, like congrats, give yourself a hand. I mean, I mean, if you stash him, first of all, if you stash him already, I don't know how you're having drafts before August 19th, but congratulations. What are you talking uh, about? People have drafts all summer. I've uh, already had like 15 drafts. <laughs> look, man, that's t- so much anxiety. Oh my God. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So you gotta Gordon, do, you gotta do early drafts, man. It's, it's a whole different ball game, but yes. Yeah, continue. it is. That's why it's uh, terrible. Uh, but Brady, Brady had him at his house. He, I believe his locker was next to Brady last year. So, I mean, they definitely took it seriously. I, so, but I'm not going to let you get away with Josh Gordon's high upside. So we're going to, he's ranked like 70 ish was where he got put. But honestly, I think there's nobody that will garner a wider range of thoughts and where he should be drafted. So another name game with him, Josh Gordon or Jarvis Landry. Gordon. Kenyon Drake. Gordon. Alshon Jeffrey. Hmm. That's a tough one. I think I'd lean Gordon just upside, but uh, that's tough. Yeah, I like I like Jeffrey too. DJ Moore in Carolina. Uh, DJ Moore, I think I lean a little bit on that one. Allen Robinson with Chicago. I like Robinson, but I lean Gordon just because I don't trust Trubisky in that offense at all. But could you just throw that back at me? Do you trust Gordon and to stay in the Patriots offense? Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I think. Well, let's not get into why not, but. 
Yeah, um, I think I, I do. Yeah. No, I'm with you in that. Look, fantasy, obviously, I mean, you hear this all the time, but it's talent and opportunity. The talent's not a question with Gordon, but the opportunity is huge because he really did pick up the offense. So he's, it's, look, practically speaking, it's like an injury risk, you know, but when he plays, it's incredible. Right, right. All right, TK, before we keep going and get to a certain helmet addled player, let's take a quick break. <laughs> hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And while we're here, let's discuss Roman. With two-thirds of guys experiencing noticeable hair loss by age 35, most guys assume losing their hair is inevitable as they age. Some don't care, some shave their head, some embrace hats. But what they don't know is that there are FDA-approved medications designed to stop hair loss and even regrow hair. That's why we're excited to partner with our sponsor, Roman. Roman makes it easy to get safe, FDA-approved hair loss treatment all from your phone or computer. And when you go to GetRoman.com slash RingerNFL, your online visit is free. Consult with a U.S. licensed physician through their secure online platform. No awkward conversations with receptionists or reading bag magazines in waiting rooms. Once your doctor ensures that treatment will be safe and effective for you, Roman's dedicated pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping in discreet packaging. If you're noticing unwanted hair loss, starting treatment early is key, and Roman can help. And today, Roman is giving the Ringer NFL show listeners a free online visit at GetRoman.com slash RingerNFL. That's GetRoman.com slash RingerNFL for a free visit to get started. Go to GetRoman.com slash RingerNFL. Up next, the ultimate riser and faller, <laughs> Antonio Brown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what a, all right. Summarizing the situation, I think, would need its own 10-hour narrative podcast. So seriously. we're not going to do that. But here's the point. He froze his feet cry, doing cryotherapy when he didn't wear the proper <laughs> footwear. And then plot twists. Feet. It wasn't really that he didn't show up to training camp because of that, but because he wants to wear his old helmet and the NFL and the Raiders are telling him you can't, that's against the rules. And he's not playing. He showed up Monday, but who knows what he's going to do by the time this goes up and is published, then it could have changed four times. So the point is this guy's a loose cannon. He's as loose <laughs> as a cannon can possibly get. How comfortable are you drafting loose cannon AB? Well, I've mostly been avoiding him uh, even before sort of the the foot slash helmet debacle that's been happening <laughs> over the last few weeks. Like, foot I just haven't helmet. been. Yes. Yeah, so what did I say? Foot slash helmet. That's that's good stuff. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I've mostly been avoiding him just because I think um, in that range, there are guys I just like a little bit more and, and I feel a little bit more confident in. I think and that overall, range he is was, number 22 overall, wide receiver nine. Right. That's a high pick. That's like a mid-second. So I just think... Um, I just think that in that offense, he's going from a very, very high volume passing offense in Pittsburgh, scored a lot of touchdowns. There was already going to be a ton of regression, like potential for him going from Steelers to Oakland in a much worse offense, in theory, a much worse quarterback. And then add in this other stuff adds another layer of uncertainty. I was already fading him anyway. Um, I still think he's going to play. I think he's going to play all, like, he's going to start the season. But I'm still, it, to me, it's just still a little bit rich for, for I think, the regression that he's going to have this year. Well, so here's the thing. This is where like, average draft position can lie. And right now, his average draft positions barely change. He's still going 22nd. There's no way that when, in the next week or two or three, when that number kind of gets more accurate as way more people start doing mock drafts and real drafts, I have to believe that that's going to fall. I, I just have to. So where do you Probably, believe yeah. that, Depends. He's suddenly like a bargain because once that we were ju- like that class of like Adam Thielen or Stefan Dix, how do you feel about them versus Antonio Brown? Yeah, I mean, that would mean he falls 10 or so or whatever. How many other spots um, right now? He's 21. So if he falls into like the 30s, that's when I start getting really comfortable taking him because that's uh, those guys in that range are a little bit riskier generally, like we were talking about before. Um, it's just there's more risk baked in. So, um, he doesn't have to fall far for me to start taking him. But right now, he's right after Mike Evans. If I'm sitting there with Mike Evans and Antonio Brown are on the board, I'm going Evans for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's about safety at that that high up. And AB is many and ceiling. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. well, Brown's ceiling is he could lead the league in targets. And I don't think anyone would bat an eye. Yeah, but is he going to lead the league in touchdowns? I just, uh, I don't know. It makes me nervous. So that's kind of, where, where, what about you? What's your take on this whole thing? Are you fading him too? I just don't. He, he, I think he's a loose cannon. I don't want him on my team. It's just if he fell into like yeah. the 30s or the 40s, I'd have to think about it. But right, it's just as unpredictable as as any recent NFL story has been. So I have play no, the, I have let's no play interest. this name game. If it, if he's sitting there and the two top receivers on your board are Thielen and Brown, who do you like more? My answer is probably neither. I'm probably taking Sony Michelle or I'm probably taking, uh, I would take Mark <laughs> like Ingram. Like Carry On Johnson. Yeah, or no, Carry On Johnson. Absolutely. Okay. What Absolutely. about Fournette? I would take Fournette over Brown without hesitating. Really? Without okay. hesitating. Yeah. So that, that, I don't think that tells you. Well, kind I just of how disagree. Far. You think he's going to play 16 games? Sure. I don't know that. I have no idea. <laughs> he also hasn't yeah. practiced with his team, which is bad. Uh, yeah, but on on Hard Knocks, man, he looked like when you just watch him run. Oh on the my side, god, like, that's a cinematic masterpiece! And you're, he's that's so not, fast, man. He is so fast. So is John yeah. Ross. He doesn't play. <laughs> okay, so that he's that's so a really fast. terrible example. But yes, okay. First of all, Tony Brown's speed is not what makes him good. What makes him good is he's the best foot route speed. runner in football. Foot speed. I'm just I'm talking more like foot speed. He's yeah, just, well, he's ridiculous. But yeah, preferably that's helpful when you're on the field. It's a good place to use foot speed. Um, all right, that's fair. Let, right, who's, let's who do we got move next? Move on. All right, next up we got AJ Green in the Bengals. Yeah. This has just been tough. So he had an ankle injury in the opening day of training camp. The nature of the injury was wild and kind of undercovered. The Bengals were practicing at Welcome Stadium in Dayton, Ohio. 
They were doing this because the NFL celebrating their 100th anniversary campaign in Dayton, Ohio, and Triangle Park was the site of the first NFL game between, not making this up, the Dayton Triangles and the Columbus Panhandles in October 1920. <laughs> and there's wow. a lot of Panhandle fans uh, listening to us right now. Anyway, mm. this is how Tyler Boyd, the Bengals' number two receiver, described the field. Quote, the turf was terrible. I couldn't run any routes out there. I'm falling all over the ground. It was bad. It was rocks, pebbles out there. Man, it was somewhere we shouldn't have been. That is the day that AJ Green got hurt, TK. So, woof. Yeah, um, he had surgery. Bad. The surgery revealed other issues in his ankle. So they pushed his date past return, uh, week one. It's six to eight weeks as of July 28th, which is week one-ish to week three-ish. Uh, he missed four games in his first five years of his career, but now AJ Green has missed 13 in his past three years. His average draft position now is 52 overall, which is like wide receiver 21, which is kind of no man's land. So DK, way, what the hell do you do with AJ Green this year? Uh, I So yeah, we're assuming he's probably going to be out like at least three weeks, right? Ish. And then recovering and rehabbing, yeah. you know, during the season. But he could be elite the second half of the year and in, in your fantasy playoffs or whatever. I'm So I've been taking him in the late, like if he's there in the late fifth and early sixth, that's kind of where I'm saying, okay, I'm going to take you. Like that's any any earlier than that, I'm feeling pretty uncomfortable doing it. But yeah, if you're if he's still sitting there in the sixth round, I, I think he's a huge value. So that's kind of like my, that's like where I'm targeting him. I'd prefer Tyler Boyd, who's going basically the same range of like the early 50s among like the beginning of the third wide receivers around 22, 23. I, I'd prefer Boyd personally. John yeah. Ross is also day to day, which John Ross always seems to be day to day. The guys behind them are doing well in practice, but they're undrafted guys. Damien Williams, Stanley Morgan Jr. Alex Eric Erickson is their third guy, but it's like he's like a punt returner. I think Tyler Boyd's all they got. I think they're going to be behind a lot. I, I like Tyler Boyd much better than Green. I just don't want an injured guy on my team. It's just not a risk I really want to take, personally. Fair enough. Next up, we got Damian Williams on the Chiefs. He was the presumed yep. starter. Had a bad week last week. He was demoted from feature back to running back by committee, if he was ever going to be that at all. And then also <laughs> had a hamstring injury for a speed guy, so that's tough. Yeah, so just the the timeline here. Uh, offensive coordinator Eric Benemy. Benemy? Benemy. Benemy. In May, late May, said Damian Williams is our starter, period. We expect him to excel in that role. And then that has changed over the last couple months. Andy Reid on August 9th, so about 10 days ago, said, I did this I did this a little bit back when I was in Philly, kind of a running back by committee deal, and we had some success, success with it. Uh, so basically, he, he's sort of changed that. I don't. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. It sounds like they're open to using these different guys. Um, quite a bit more, Carlos Hyde and Darwin Thompson. Carlos Hyde had a fumble uh, in the game, in the preseason game last week. So that doesn't obviously doesn't help his case. And Darwin Thompson, meanwhile, has looked amazing. So I personally am much less confident in Damian Williams having like a bell cow role this year. Um, obviously, in the Chiefs offense, any running back that gets like volume is going to be a huge fantasy factor. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to be Williams. Like I could see this being like a half. Half, halfway through the season, Darwin Thompson is kind of like getting the most snaps or something like that. So um, Williams was already kind of a guy that I was fading and, and the last few weeks has not changed that for me. I'm, I'm just like, I'm not super stoked on him going into the season. Somewhere Craig is doing victory laps. Um, 
because he was happy to point out that Damian Williams had never had more than 50 rushes in a season and he didn't believe he'd be durable. Um, the, now the <laughs> fact is Williams is a speed guy. He's 92nd percentile in the 40-yard dash. He's 4.45. But he had hamstring pull. And hamstring pulls with speed guys is is really tough. It lingers. It just saps your main skill. Um, Andy Reid's also really been talking up Darwin Thompson. He's going undrafted. So Craig loves Carlos Hyde. But my God, Darwin Thompson... <laughs> you know, maybe not initially in like the first few weeks, but it seems like by the middle of the year, Darwin Thompson seems poised to be there. But yeah, that that could be a committee role and not really be quite anywhere near as um, as the Chiefs' job might not be as big of a of a deal as it was for the last few years. Yeah, Damian Williams right now, his ADP is twenty seven. That's he's too a high. second. He's a second rounder. He and the entire. Do you feel off comfortable season, with that? I the don't entire know. off season, he was one of the biggest. Uh, ranking disparities between ESPN and Yahoo the whole year. He was someone that was early 20s in some sites, mid 40s in others. And whether, who knows whether they would be right or wrong because the injury really, I think, puts it back to him being in the mid 40s for me. And that's where I think he should go. Yeah. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick break to talk about Hotel Tonight. Here's an insider travel secret from Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. Hotel Tonight teams up with awesome hotels to help them sell these rooms and then passes those savings along to you. It's your one-stop shop for booking cool, top-rated hotels at incredible values. Their name is Hotel Tonight, but you can actually book in advance. It's perfect for planners and procrastinators alike. This summer, you can score an extra amazing deal with Hotel Tonight's Daily Drop feature. In most cities, you can use Daily Drop to unlock a special deal at a hotel selected just for you. Once your deal is unlocked, move quickly. You'll only have 15 minutes to book. If you want to swipe again, you can unlock a new deal every day. It's a great way to take an even more spontaneous trip because you never know what you're going to get. From staycations to weekend getaways, great hotel deals are just one swipe away. So go to hoteltonight.com or download the app to unlock your daily drop. Next up, though, we got Carrion Johnson. This is someone, I mean, there's a lot of fallers we're talking about. Here's a riser. We have at least one yeah. riser on this. Uh, Theoretic is gone. He <laughs> was this. I don't know what the vulture is because there's vultures are for guys who steal touchdowns. I don't know what the vulture is term for it is for guys who just take snaps at passing downs. We need a better word yeah. for that. If someone has an idea. Please let us know. But <laughs> Theoretic played 38.6% of Detroit snaps last year, which was the most among running backs on their team. 74 targets, 61 catches, 384 receiving yards. Gone. They cut him. Daryl Bevel is their offensive coordinator now. Sorry. Daryl Bevel. Daryl yeah. Bevel, your beloved former Seahawks coordinator. <laughs> beloved. They want to run more. Carryon Johnson, I think, could be a real three-down back. Behind him is CJ Anderson and Zach Zenner and a bunch of nobodies. So I think Carryon Johnson is suddenly one of the best bets to become a three-down back and like, oh yeah, that's a top 14 guy next year. You can get in the 30s. Love Carryon this year. Big riser for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes down to... So his his ADP has gone up by about uh, 10 spots in the last month. He's 28th overall right now, RB14. Uh, it all comes down to, though, his usage, as as you alluded to. Is he going to be a third down guy? Is he going to pick up those uber-valuable pass-catching targets? Because uh, tar- targets, especially in PPR leagues, are worth more than rushes. Um, you know, catches especially, obviously, you get yards plus a point for the catch. Um it's a huge, huge part of scoring in PPR. And so, yeah, if he can be the full, like the third, like first early downs and third down, like if he could do all that, uh, we're not even talking like potential to gain uh, goal line, you know, targets or, or carries, I should say. But um, he, yeah, he's got elite potential, but I'm still, 
a little concerned that we're not going to see that. I mean, I think so far in the preseason, you know, CJ Anderson has been featured a little bit on third downs, <laughs> which is a little bit weird. If CJ Anderson uh, starts vulturing carry on Johnson, I will lose. I will be it, out of my gourd. I'm kind of worried that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, you know, I'll lose they, my mind. And then Ty Johnson is another guy, a rookie, a uh, six rounder that they picked this year. Who's really explosive. Um, good pass catcher. He, he was a really good uh, returner in college, all that. So, he could eat into carry on Johnson's workload a little bit. So it, I, I think obviously losing Theo Riddick in those 74 targets is a huge deal, but I'm just a little bit worried that carry on's not going to get all of those. It, it's still, it's not a clear cut situation to me. What is clear cut these days? DK? That's true. Nothing is. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm personally haven't, I don't have a lot of shares of carry on Johnson. I just still a little bit concerned about how it's going to all play out. Plus it's a low volume, Probably slow offense. And so, yeah. Next up, we got the 49ers. This backfield is not clear cut either. Muddled. Yes. Muddled. We've got Tevin Coleman, who is their big free agent signing. Jarek McKinnon, who is their big free agent signing last year and then suffered a torn ACL in August. And then Matt Breda, who is just a tough son of a gun who just had an ankle sprain last year, just played through it. So McKinnon yeah. still not been cleared for action and might be like a physically unable to perform candidate, which means he would not be able to return for the first six weeks of the year. At least. He might even be an IR candidate. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with all of this. Well, so, so what do you yeah. make of the 49ers backfield? Because this was an unclear situation that's becoming clearer and clearer. Yeah. So it, to me, it looks like Coleman and Breda are the best bets by far. And right now, Breda is by far a better value. Um, he's RB, RB46 in PPR. ADP is 121, which is... Um, about 60, nearly 60 points or 60 spots after Tevin Coleman. Coleman is looking like the starter, but Breda is a pass catcher, potentially very explosive player we saw last year. Um, so yeah, Breda right now is is rising. I think Coleman's kind of stayed, stayed relatively stagnant. Um, but yeah, Breda is kind of the guy that a lot of people are saying, oh, he's a really good later round target, really, really potential high value guy in, so, um, you know, in the later round. So He's he's the one that's interesting. Coleman's to me. going in the 60s right now. Can you paint for me a landscape where Tevin Coleman ends up being the best fantasy pick of 2019? The best pick of of everyone? Value. That mm. Tevin Coleman at 65th ends up being a league winner. I mean, yeah, there's a if he gets like 70% of the the workload in that offense and that offense improves a lot, like he could be, yeah, that could be a really, really and good here's value. Here's why I ask because in 2016, when Kyle Shannon was running the Falcons offense, obviously the Niners are not the Falcons, but Devontae Freeman was the sixth best running back and Tevin Coleman was the 17th best. Now you mm. have Tevin Coleman probably having a bigger role and more of a hybrid between what he and Freeman were doing in 2016. And I don't think that. I'm not saying he will be the best pick, but I don't think that the 49ers <laughs> in 2019 have to be the Falcons in 2016 for there to be an amazing value with these two dudes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I like those two guys a lot too. I think they're good players. I don't know if Kil- I don't know if Coleman is a uh, I don't think we saw last year that he he didn't prove to me that he's like a three-down guy. So I think it's going to be somewhat of a committee, but um, yeah, I just I, I think, you know, they're both very interesting to me. The, and I think that the 49ers could be a very good offense going forward. The downside which, is to think the 49ers collect all those running backs because they also want their opponent to have no idea who they're going to use every given week. So that makes it really tough for fantasy. That's that's the downside for me is you don't know. Yeah. Next up, we have a mea culpa from me. Um, we have uh, the Steelers number two job behind Juju Smith-Schuster. Dante Moncrief and James Washington have been competing for it. Uh, my bad. 
I truly believe that James Washington, who was their second round pick last year, would win this job. Uh, he will not. In fact, it seems already over. Um, all indications are Dante Moncrief has already won the number two job. He broke his ring finger on like the team's first padded practice. But he's back and he's fine. And as Graham Barfield of NFL.com noted, the Steelers' first team played 14 snaps on their most recent game. Uh, Juju had 13 of the first team snaps. Dante Moncrief had nine. And then James Washington had one. So <laughs> I still believe in the Steelers' number two receiver. I think they're going to not take all of Brown's targets and give it to him, but obviously, but they're going to spread them around. But he'll get the most and take my love from James Washington a couple weeks ago, spread it around. He, Dante Wait. Moncrief and uh, Juju will be on the outside, and then slot will be kind of a mix of Ryan Switzer, Eli Rogers, and maybe James Washington. Here's the thing, though. It's funny that you say this because I think you're right. Like Mon- Moncrief is probably going to be the number two or whatever, but... When you said that you really like James Washington, I was pretty skeptical because at that point he hadn't done anything in camp, but he's actually looked really good in the last two in, in the last two preseason games. Now, granted, you know, it was a little bit later in, in the games at points and, and, you know, whatever. There's, there's the level of competition argument there, but he's looked really, really good. Had a couple of really nice deep balls. So I'm not saying, I don't think you're necessarily... I don't think you necessarily need to do a whole me a couple because I, I think he, I, he potentially <laughs> well, could he I, could eventually ascend to that number two spot. I thought he would win the job, and Dante Moncrief has won it. I, in a dynasty league, I'd prefer James Washington. If it was like week eight forward, I might even prefer James Washington, maybe. Yeah. But like, I don't think James Washington is going to get that role, and I think Dante Moncrief's the guy to target there. Fair enough, but but I like James Washington is kind of my point. I think you're right. I think oh, you're right. Thanks, DK. I appreciate yeah. that, man. Next up, we're going to Houston, DK. Hmm. On the, so on the same day, Kiki Kuti, who was a popular sleeper for the, uh, he's the Texan slot receiver. Mm-hmm. He injured both hamstrings last year and played just six games, but was excellent in the games he played. And uh, August 8th, he had an ankle injury that was not major reportedly, but who knows? Looked bad. Looked really bad. But, but yeah. the same day, the Texans traded for Duke Johnson, who was the Browns running back who was dissatisfied and had kind of a beef with Baker Mayfield that was becoming a thing and had wanted to trade all <laughs> offseason. And then finally got it. Now, Duke is one of the most athletic, maybe the most versatile running back in the league or among the handful of, and he can play in the slot. So that happened on the same day. So what do you make of Kuti's injury and then Duke Johnson being in Houston now? Johnson immediately becomes one of the more intriguing mid to late round picks, right? I think because we don't know exactly how he's going to be used. Like you said, he can play in the slot. He's a very good receiver. Maybe he inherits all those Kuti targets are a lot of them you know maybe they run with two running backs or whatever maybe he's the starter over Lamar Miller I mean they gave a third round pickup um, he has to be active for 10 games for it to turn into a third round pick but it's probably going to happen so that third round pick is that's not cheap you know that's that in a fifth was Antonio Brown <laughs> right uh, that's potential as like your starter so um, obviously I'm not a huge like I'm not really high on Lamar Miller it's going to be, you know, we'll have to see how things kind of shake out with, you know, the Texans backfield. But they Is ran anyone the ball high more. on Lamar Miller? Can, have you found no. anyone who's high on Lamar Miller? No, because he's like the definition of um, average he's there. starting running back, right? He's there. So, yeah. So I think, you know, I think Johnson is super intriguing. He's I, I had him. You know, I picked him a couple times when he was kind of having the the issues with Cleveland, hoping he would get traded to a good team or a team that was a good fit for him. And I think this was a good fit in the sense that he might get some pretty solid volume, some some solid fantasy volume in, in Houston. So uh, the Texans ran the ball more than all but three teams last year. 
So it's not like, you know, they're like a pass first necessarily team. He could get some volume on the ground, but I think he, you know, more, more so is going to be a pass catcher for them. Um, and the Kuti's injury is another X factor that I think is just going to be really interesting. So I, I really excited to see what happens with Johnson. I think worst case is he doesn't even play the 10 games and doesn't even net them a third rounder. And I think his best case is that he usurps Tariq Cohen as like the premier pass catching back behind James White. Because I right. think that they truly could pull that off with him this year. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I think that's a good ceiling floor scenario. Next up, we have the Dolphins and Kalen Balaj. We touched on Kenyon Drake is in a walking boot. Um, players are splitting reps with him at practice. Or Sorry, players are splitting reps at practice before the injury happened. And he, Kenyon Drake hadn't really secured the starting job like it had been assumed. Then he gets hurt. Now he's in a walking boot with a foot injury. Is expected to be back for the season, but missing the whole missing the rest of August is not good. Kalen Balaj, another guy like Drake, who is not really with going back to college, had a ton of volume, but a pretty good candidate to get half of those Dolphins carries. Uh, far more talented than the rest of the guys they have there. So right now he's going, I mean, he was about a month ago, he was going 175th, so just completely undrafted in fantasy drafts. Now he's like 117. That's probably still too low because I don't think Drake is going to just get the job when he comes back. Right. So I like Bellage a lot for where he's at, and I actually think that that has not risen enough based on Drake's injury. It feels to me like the Dolphins' backfield is a is a litmus test or like a Rorschach test. <laughs> like you either love Bellage or you love Drake. There's no middle ground. Speaking of DK, DK Metcalf. Yes. Seahawks wide receiver DK. I'm going to let you have. This is the only other DK. I'll let you take it. I mean, he was slowly, I think he had been rising. Um, he had been, you know, his ADP slowly, gradually going up. A lot of positive reports from camp. Everything I'd heard was that he's doing amazing in, in training camp and all that. Um, and then he missed yesterday's Seahawks preseason week two game. It turns out he is undergoing knee surgery. And his, it, it, they're very, very vague about it. We have no indication of what is happening. Um, Pete Carroll is bullish on it he's he's pot he's optimistic but that means absolutely nothing because Pete Carroll cannot be trusted when it comes to injury um indications and so yeah I don't know he Metcalf knee injury there you know there was some health issues in college that made him miss games that was kind of one of the reasons people were a little bit low on him so this is all very bad stuff um so I think Metcalf let, is, is gonna plummet here and let me cut bit. through your Seahawks fandom I hope D- DK Metcalf has a wonderful NFL career but from his rookie season, in terms of a fantasy football lens, he will do nothing. He will do nothing of note this year. He's just that's, not. That's your, you're saying that's going to happen? Or yes, I, ju- I hate to do to, that, yeah. but I hate to be definitive. But it's like, <laughs> I can't think of a player who profiles less as a year one contributor. Because fundamentally, the thing he has not shown himself able to do is just get open quickly. Those are that's, generally, that's not his game. That's not his game. Though. Well, that's why I know, but like that's really important in the NFL. And I just don't think that he's going to be able is to it, contribute. Well, could he have some it, amazing 70-yard touchdown a couple of times? Yeah, but he, he won't be in your lineup for that. And I don't think that he any yeah. his play will not be consistent enough that you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to start DK Metcalf at flex Look, in week I, 12. It, like that I can't envision. He can have moments, but they won't be predictable. There will be yeah. no rhyme or reason to his production. I hate to say this, but you're probably right. Sick. Um, Jim, can I mean, we record that? Save it for posterity <laughs> for all future moments. Oh, man. That uh, hurt Jim's my, nodding. That wow. hurt my heart. That hurt Sick. my soul to say that, Danny. But yeah, Sick. you're probably right. I mean, like, look at last year. A lot of people probably 
were really reticent to even start Lockett, and he had 10 touchdowns. Um, you know, later in the year, maybe they started him because he was really showing out, but it's, it's a low volume offense. Um, he's probably really dependent on touchdowns. He's not going to get a ton of targets. So yeah, I, I think you're probably I am right. flying high. We're going to end on that note. DK, thank <laughs> you for saying I'm right. I've been waiting for like a full year for that. Thank you, Jim. Best of luck to Craig at Raiders camp. Yeah. We'll see you guys later this week. Hotel Tonight shows you incredible deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at. Score an extra amazing deal with Hotel Tonight's Daily Drop feature. Unlock a special deal at a hotel selected just for you and snag it within 15 minutes. If you want to swipe again, you can unlock a new deal every day. Just go to hoteltonight.com or download the app to unlock your daily drop.